Welcome to Backstage at the Enharmonic. I'm your host, Sean J. Kennedy. Today's guest is Jeffrey R. Smith, substitute keyboardist for the Philadelphia Orchestra, assistant conductor and pianist with the Philly Pops Orchestra, and most notably, the music director and conductor of the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale. I've had the honor of working with Jeff for the past decade with the Philadelphia Boys Choir and with some other projects, including the Philly Pops. Hey, Jeff, are you there? I'm here. How's it going? I'm good, Jeff. Thanks for taking some time to be on my podcast, which I call Backstage at the Enharmonic. And it's just to get a different look on some artists that I really admire and are uh, doing some great stuff out there and give their fans and, uh, you know, some students out there of music a different take on what is behind an artist. So my first question that I ask everyone in these interviews is, what's the earliest time or the youngest time you can remember where music actually did something, where you noticed music looking back on your career? Oh, boy. You're talking back in my childhood days now? Yeah, like the first thing, like, you know, as far back as you can remember, I think, you know, were you dancing to something, hitting the piano, hitting pots and pans? What Do you have a, mm. a, a recollection of that? Well, I certainly, I started taking lessons uh, when I was young, when I was around five. Now, I don't remember a lot from, you know, when I was a little kid. Some people can remember that far back, but my parents tell me the story that uh, my mom was actually taking piano lessons at the time, and every time she would try to practice, I would come over and bang on the piano. And so she said, you know, this isn't going to work. I think I'm going to have to stop lessons, and maybe he should start. So I think that's how it all started. I just like to mess around on the piano. Um, and I also remember growing up, my my dad was a music educator. He was a band director in high school and middle school, and um, he had these albums of uh, classical music that you would use in the classroom. So they're more familiar tunes, you know, 1812 Overture, um, Charles Ives Variations on America, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I remember loving them and listening to them at a very young age as well. Oh, that's great. Excellent. So that was around four or five. You said you started banging on the piano and then the lessons went to you? Yes, yeah. Okay, great. Now that dovetails into my next question. You know, in Philly, especially in music circles, you're known as a gifted conductor, arranger, and especially for voices. When did you start to get involved with singing and voice in general? Well, my start was with the Philadelphia Boys Choir, actually. I sang in the choir when I was eight, I think was when I started. And then I was in the boys' choir for about seven years. Um, so that was a major part of my childhood, was singing in the choir. And, um, you know, I got a lot of my love for classical music through that and my love for singing and choral music in general. And, um, you know, I didn't actually expect, I kind of always knew I'd go into music, but I didn't necessarily expect I would go into choral music uh, per se, but that's where I ended up, and you know it's definitely a part of me and uh, a big part of my musical training. So when you were coming up, uh, you, as you mentioned, you were in the boys' choir from a very young age. Were you also concurrently participating in groups outside, like at a church or in school or anything like that? Oh, sure. Yeah, I was. Um, well, I you know I sang in the school choir as a kid, and and um, 
I was very lucky the uh, choir director at school recognized my piano abilities, and so she allowed me to accompany the choir um, even in, in elementary school and then in middle school. When I, when I was in middle school in sixth grade, she had me actually accompanying for the high school musicals, um, and so she gave me a lot of exposure and opportunities uh, at a very young age. So I did all the music programs, you know, band, chorus, the shows, and um, and then definitely a lot at church as well. I was very active in our church. I grew up as, in a Methodist church, the Delran Methodist Church. And um, my dad was the director of choir and the bell choir there. My mom played in the bell choir, and so then I was very much in that as well. I would, um, I played in the bell choir. I played piano with the organist. Uh, you know, we did piano organ duets, and uh, my dad allowed me to write some arrangements for the choir and for um, a brass ensemble, you know, for our Christmas Christmas Eve services and whatnot. And yeah, so through, it was basically, it was the boys' choir, it was church, it was school. Um, I just tried to, as much music as I could get. <laughs> Another facet of your career that I just wanted to ask about is your conducting, because I've been privileged to work under your baton for almost a decade now, and I've worked with tons of other conductors. I have to tell you that you're one of the best conductors I've ever played under. Um, wow. I'm dead serious, because you're, you kind of know what's going on. You know who needs the cue. A lot of times I've worked with tremendous musicians that have a baton, but they're not really conducting the entire ensemble, whether it's the choir any instrumentalist or whatever, but you seem to know exactly where somebody needs help, and you're right there all the time. So the question, based on all of that, is did you have formal conducting training, or did you learn on the job by doing these arrangements for your dad? Um, where did your conducting chops come from? Oh, uh, well, first of all, thank you very much. That means a lot, coming from an, a phenomenal musician like yourself. Um, and it's always been a lot of fun having you, and that's that's why we continue to work together. But... Um, to answer your question, I you know I loved conducting from the very earliest ages. You know, as I mentioned, my dad had these albums, and I would just wave my hands along to it. I just loved it. I I don't know why, but I just I just loved conducting, and so I always knew. But I, I never really got any formal training until college. I mean, I had you know, as you mentioned, some of these arrangements that I did at church, and I conducted the youth choir there, and. And uh, in high school, I was the drum major, and um, I was a student conductor for the choir. So there were these opportunities to conduct. Uh, but then once I went to college, I was up at Ithaca College in New York, and I was a composition major. But one of the reasons I wanted to take that program was because there were a lot of courses that would help me as a conductor. There wasn't an undergrad program for conductors. Actually, most schools don't really have an undergrad program for conductors. Um, so the composition track was very close to what I wanted in that you had to take choral conducting, instrumental conducting, orchestration, choral arranging. And um, so that's where I got a lot of my training. But um, I think to speak to the specific point you had mentioned with, with cues and knowing things inside and out, um, most of that comes from – I'm – able to get my hand in a lot of different aspects of the music. You know, as you said, I, I do the arranging as well, the conducting, and I, um, when I'm teaching the choir, I'm playing the piano part. Um, so 
throughout the season, I kind of know the whole piece very well. It's not like I'm going into a rehearsal and this is the first time I've seen the score. So it's it's easy to get intimately involved with the music because I get to spend so much time with it over the months, you know, before the concert. And then usually in rehearsal, we have very little time. So, you know, I wish I could be more expressive in my conducting, but sometimes it just comes down to, listen, we got to get this done. And I know he's going to need a cue there and he's going to need a cue there. And uh, let's keep this all together. You know, I'll let the musicians do the expressive aspect to it. I'll just make sure they all know when we're playing together. Great. So I have, I've jotted down three other things based on that uh, answer. Um, So it says you were the drum major back in high school. So you were involved with the marching band? Yes. Uh, Yeah. I, uh, (laughs) I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I played trombone. And uh, I'm embarrassed to say it because I was not very good. (laughs) I never knew that. I was not good at all. Outstanding. How long were you the drum major? uh, Just a year. Just a year. Okay. My senior year. But um, my my father majored in baritone horn in college and then played trombone a lot. So I think that's why I started, you know, in fourth grade when a lot of the music programs start. So I started with trombone, I guess, to take after my dad. And, of course, it was funny back then because I was such a short kid and everybody used to joke that trombone was taller than I was. You know, actually, we even had a little uh, a wire hanger attached to the slide so I could reach out to the seventh position because my arm just wasn't long enough. But, uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was a good little musician, but I, I did not get a good sound. I just could not get a good tone on it, so... But they were happy to have me anyway, which was nice. I could still play. And um, and then, yeah, my senior year, I got to be drum major, which was a lot of fun. And I, I got it. to do uh, the Westchester program, you know, for drum majors, which was awesome, oh, yeah. that camp they have over the summer. Oh, great stuff. Yeah. With um, the George Parks. Yeah, that's it, in a camp, yeah. Yep, yep. And mm-hmm. uh, Tim Lautzenheiser. Oh, yeah. Sure. As a matter of fact, small world, my... Um... The interview I did just before this one is Dr. Tim. So, oh, yeah. So when I post this, it's going to be Dr. Tim, and then you're going to be the most current interview. All right, great. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, Oh yeah. I wrote something down here about your arrangements. You're a really great arranger. Incredible stuff is happening. Was there a specific arrangement that you can remember and you listened to it and went, wow, I arranged that and, like, it's really good and I should, like, do more of this? Was there ever a moment like that? (laughs) Or or you wrote something and you were surprised at the reception of it? Oh, gosh. You know, nothing comes to mind off the top of my head. But, I mean, mean, there have been those moments where you're like, yes, that's right. That worked. That's exactly what I wanted. (laughs) You know, that's what I meant it to be. And, you know, and it's always a learning process because you you write something you're like oh that's not quite what I thought it would be you know it needs more reinforcement from another part or whatever you know it doesn't quite have the effect I want but uh yeah there are certainly those moments when you it just comes together and you know for instance we're this season uh I took this was an interesting and ambitious project the, the choir's going down to Cuba um now that things are um you know now that the relationship between Cuba and U.S. is being reestablished, we thought it would be a good time to go back down. And uh, in my mind, I've always had a love for the Gershwin piece, Cuban Overture. And the 
the main tune is very melodic and it's beautiful. And I thought, wow, that's that could really be sung by voices. Now, just the main theme. But I had in my head, you know, I would love to adapt that for choir someday. And so, well, we're going to Cuba this year. So I said, all right, I got to do it. This is the year I got to do this Cuban overture for choir. And it was a bear, let me tell you. Well, I mean, this is the piece is, I don't know, eight to ten minutes long, and it's an orchestral piece. And even though there's this beautiful melodic section, there's a lot of other crazy stuff going on. There's a, a clarinet cadenza in the middle. Um, there's some almost bitonal things going on. There's a little bit of a fugue in the middle and um, lots of rhythm, lots of things going on, counter melodies all over the place. But I figured, why not? So I adapted it for... Uh, the choir this year, a cappella choir with some hand percussion stuff. And uh, we got a poet, Richard Blanco, Cuban-American poet, who's fantastic. He was um, he was the inaugural poet for President Obama's second inauguration. And when he wow. heard about this project, he jumped right onto it, and he was very excited about it. So uh, that w- And that was such a great thing to have that. So he wrote the lyrics. Uh, actually, we wrote them together uh, to make it fit the music properly. And the result was pretty cool. I mean, it's, it was very difficult because it's not meant to be a choral piece. But but um, hearing it all come together is just like, oh, wow, yeah, that's it. That's awesome. And uh, so we're, we did it at our main concert, as you know, uh, at the Kimmel Center a few weeks ago. But we're refining it a little bit and getting ready for our trip down there uh, in August. So we're looking forward to that. That's great. Yeah, I, I did hear some of it at the uh, concert backstage, and it was incredible. And just an added bonus is, you know, it's you're reinventing Gershwin's music and introducing it to a whole new audience, especially the kids, which is great. Uh, oh yeah, it's really, yeah. Uh, so that's and, really you know, awesome. there's there's a neat parallel here in that Gershwin visited Cuba in the 30s before um, the embargo, and you know, when he came back from Cuba, he kind of wrote this as a tribute to. You know, he he loved Cuba. He he fell in love with it, and this was his tribute to them. And so now it seems kind of cool that now that things are opening back up, we're taking that piece and we're reinventing it for choir, and we're presenting it to them down there. So there's there's a neat little parallel here. That's fantastic. That's really great. So before you started conducting the Philadelphia Boys Choir and working with the Philly Pops and all that, what happened in between college and those two jobs? Anything musically big or were you just trying to get a gig like what was going on well when i was in college i kind of had the dream to work on broadway um, playing and conducting and so that's where my head was during college and so right after i graduated i moved right outside new york and um, i started playing in theater there there was an alumnus of Ithaca. Actually, I think we graduated the same year. And he was working in administration at an off-Broadway theater called the York Theater. And so I called him up and said, hey, you know, I, I need to get in somehow, get get my foot in the door. I'll play for free if they could use a pianist for anything. You know, I just want them to hear mm-hmm. me. And so he said, yeah, sure. So he worked it out. I, um, What was it? I think it – oh, it was – they were doing a reading of an old show um, – they have a series there where they revive these old shows just in a, in a reading, not really a full-blown production. And so they said, yeah, we could use another pianist. So I did that, and they were impressed. And one thing led to another, and I started working there. I was playing shows and conducting at the Off-Broadway Theater, and then other contacts came about, and um, I was playing in other shows, and 
I did get to do one Broadway show with Jane Eyre. Beautiful score, by the way. Love that show. Um, I got to play in there. I went up to Goodspeed, did a show there. But um, So I was doing the theater scene, basically, for about two years. And uh, that's when the boys' choir gig came up. And um, at the time, I didn't think I wanted it because I was enjoying things up in, in the theater world. And uh, I knew the job here for the boys' choir would be demanding, and I, you know, was hoping to have a family and didn't know if that would work. But uh, so initially, I thought, no, I don't think that's for me. But uh, I prayed about it a little for a while, and my wife and I talked it over. And at around this, I mentioned to her at one point, I said, you know, I think maybe this is the direction I should be going. And she said, you know, I was thinking the same thing. And so we went down. I mean, we were getting a little frustrated up there because even though I was very fortunate over those two years to always be working, I never knew from month to month if I would be working the next month, you mm-hmm. know. And it's, and that was that was tough. I mean, that's the way the business is. I just uh, – it was a strain on our relationship and just – it was stressful, and I don't think I was ready for that aspect. And so when this came up as a full-time job down here – and uh, working with kids, which I thought would be fun again, and uh, kind of returning to my roots. It seemed like the the way to go, and that's how I ended up down here. And then uh, my wife got a job singing with the Philly Pops with their vocal group, the Voices of the Pops. It was a small group of about 12 or 16 singers. And uh, the the uh, leader of the group said, you know, we need somebody to accompany rehearsals. Do any of you know any pianists? And she said, yeah, my husband plays piano. So I came in and did that, and um, and they were they were happy with the way things went. And then Peter Nero was conducting at the time, and he came into one of the rehearsals, and he was he was impressed and said, you know, actually we need a pianist in one of the concerts coming up. Do you want to do that? So I did that. And um, and that went well. And then I invited him to one of the boys' choir concerts, and he came, and he was impressed. And so then he invited me uh, to be assistant conductor for the Pops at the time. And that's that's where we are now. Wow. Incredible. Great. So, let's see. Do you? Here's a strange question, but after I ask it, you'll know why it's strange. Do you listen to music, like, for pleasure? <laughs> Not much, <laughs> yeah. which is a bit disappointing, uh, but yeah, not much. I mean, like when I'm in the car, I'll have the radio uh-huh. on, but uh, when I'm home, you know, it's like I'm doing stuff with my kids or or maybe doing a little work, and so I, I don't really listen much anymore. It's, it's my job, and I love it, but I think sometimes your ear needs a little break, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, great. Besides all of your musical activities, do you have any other interests or hobbies? Like if you had time, you'd like to pursue X, Y, and Z maybe. Is there anything out there that Jeff Smith wants to do? Uh, anything that I want to do, you know, I've never really thought about it. I'm just kind of enjoying life as it is. Um, there are little things I always said, you know, oh, I'd, I'd always love to... Um, I always had this this heart for um for deaf people and sign language 
And so I've always, that was kind of something in the back of my mind. I always wanted to get involved maybe with learning sign language or doing something. So I guess you could say that. I mean, I don't think about it often. It's just one little thing that comes to mind. Um, but no, like I said, I'm I'm kind of enjoying life as it is. I'm, I'm, besides my jobs, I'm also pretty active in my church at Calvary Chapel in South Jersey. Um, and so that's, that's a big part of my life, my faith and my and my participation there. I'm on their praise team and everything. But uh, that's it. It's, it's music and that and, and family, you know, my boys. and so. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Jeff, for taking time. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, uh, perform with you, and just hang out. I wish you the best of luck with your trip to Cuba, and I can't wait to work with you again. Thanks so much, Sean. It was a real pleasure. And uh, like, like you said, I'm also looking forward to working with you in the near future. Thanks so much, Sean. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. For more about Jeff Smith and the Philadelphia Boys Choir, please follow the link below this podcast. And today's soundtrack was provided by the Philadelphia Boys Choir and Chorale, featured on their CD entitled Celebrate the Sounds of the Season.